This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? if you know who I am, but I'm about to rule the world. Wow, uh, yay. But there's one problem. There's a human, has a mustache, just like you. <laughs> Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. <laughs> Bowser is coming. We are going to stop that monster. How? Look at us. We're adorable. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, and today we are reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is exactly what it says on the tin. Um, and it is a computer animation version of Mario. I see you said nothing else but that. I don't know what else you want me to say. If I start off by saying how I really feel, the show will be over in about five minutes. Can I just say that the day after I watched Super Mario Brothers in the cinema, I woke up, started driving to work and forgot that I'd watched it the night before. That's the kind of movie this is. Now, it's not a terrible movie. No. Um it's also kind of a big nothing movie. Um, and I say this as someone who's actually a huge Super Mario fan. Oh. I played it religiously as a child. Same. Um, but I thought about it and I realised actually for all of my addiction to the game as a kid, I don't think I ever cared that there was a live action or not, a, not even a live action. I don't think I ever cared that there was a movie. And that's because what's the movie? Okay, so here's the thing. I think that this movie is kind of cynical. Mm. And that's the primary problem. Because if it was just a sweet pile of nothing, uh, then it's okay, right? Then um, it's fan service. It's, it's, you, could, you could say a bunch of things about why you might want to make a Mario movie. But I think that the combination of a lack of story with the never-ending stream of origin movies that these people... When I say these people, I mean these specific sort of filmmakers seem to think that we want, uh, plus the computer animation, plus the weird voice work, all equates to what feels like a money grab. Now, I will say that I didn't enjoy this movie, but that I watched it, as I think many people who are watching it will watch it, in a cinema full of children. Um, it's out around school holiday time, and so there's just lots and lots of kids in the cinema, and they seem to like it. So as far as I'm concerned, that means that there's a market for it. That means that in some senses, it's a win maybe for exhausted parents. Uh, but as a standalone film, this is not a good movie. Um, no, kids, I think especially kids of a particular age, um, would absolutely love it if the kids in the cinema I was in are an indication because kids were cheering, they were frankly just like laughing in delight at certain scenes. Um, there were kids sort of trying to jump up and down as Mario was jumping up and down, mm -hmm. um, which is lovely, right? I mean, it is really nice to see a... a children's movie hitting the target audience. I think the problem and, and, and which... 
your point about cynicism is absolutely fair. The problem here is that the filmmakers seem to think that that's enough. The young'uns will drag the adults in. We get our ticket sales. That's all that matters. Who cares if we put in any effort at all into an actual storyline or characterization? It doesn't matter. Because really, like so much about this movie doesn't seem to matter at all. It's all kind of decoration in between Mario jumps. You know what's funny about that is that the filmmakers specifically said that they wanted to make a film of consequence. That they wanted to make a (laughs) film in which there were high stakes, in which you felt as if a universe was at risk. And so that's the story that they attempted to tell here. But I'm not sure that it necessarily worked out that way because like you, I just found myself thinking, well, none of this matters especially if we're talking about it as an origin story, which they are also saying that it is, because then you know these people go on to become Mario and Luigi. Yes. You know, we, we don't really need to worry about it. Anyways, um, the story such as it is, is an origin story of two struggling plumbers trying to start an independent business in Brooklyn um, and through trying to market themselves and trying to make a a name name-making save of the New York plumbing system, yes. um, they end up getting sucked into the world that we all know from the game and having to save it from, well, depending on which market you're in, King Cooper or Bowser. Yes, that's really it. Lah. And, and the problem is, on the one hand, they want an origin story. So you have like a real world and a world where Mario and Luigi have parents and they eat pasta and work in real houses and fix plumbing. And then suddenly this real world, apparently you just go into the sewer and you're now in a different world. I'm not saying I need for this to make sense, but the movie needs to decide whether it wants to feel like it's telling a logical story Like movie logic needs to work and there is no movie logic. No, no, there's no movie logic. Um, There is a bit in which uh, Bowser just decides that rather than taking over a world, he also wants to get married. And (laughs) you're just supposed to roll with it. He says it, therefore it is. And I, I think that that's... I think that that is fine, if not satisfying. So to your point about movie logic, the movie has movie logic. It's just not satisfying. Mm. It's just very much a point A, point B, point C. It moves along and it moves along because you have characters literally telling you that you're moving along and you just have to roll with it. Um, I think we should talk about the voices a little bit later because they require some, some dwelling on. There was controversy even prior to the movie being released about the voices. Let's talk about the look of the film. I think the the movie looks beautiful. Oh, interesting. I thought it looked really boring. Uh, same. No, ah. so to be clear, to be very clear, I'm not saying it looks good to me. Mm. Um, I think that it's well done. Um, there are scenes in which they're jumping on mushrooms in which you can actually feel the bounce of the toadstools. Oh, yes. Those I love. The, the, the tactileness of the world yeah. is great. Which yeah. for a computer animated movie, I felt was, was really quite quite nice. Um, I think that the characters all still had an uncanny valley problem. I think, you know, when you fall in between the hand-drawn animation and the CG, you get this and it's kind of odd. Um, so the characters, eh, but the the texture of the plants and the water and the bricks and, you know, that kind of stuff, I thought was quite nice. I don't like it, but I think it was technically well done. So the things I liked about the animation were the things that reminded me of 
the feeling I got playing the game. So like you said, actually, the, the bounce of the, the mushrooms. The toadstools in particular, yeah, really The nice. toadstools, the way the bricks break, yeah. um, the feel of the star as it sort of like hovers. Those things remind you of the game itself. That was very exciting. But what I found boring in general was that it's it's the kind of animation that just does the job, you yeah. know? It gets the that's job the done, movie. that's it. And and that's really the problem, yeah, with the whole movie, that they seem to think that, oh, we've got this amazing IP that people are going to come and watch. And not only is it one IP, we're going to put in a whole bunch of Nintendo IPs. Hopefully you'll recognize all of them. And that's enough. And I'm like, no, maybe it's not enough. Well, you know, the thing about the IP and the insertion of said IP is that if you did not have Cranky Kong and Donkey Kong (laughs) in this movie, it would have been about 45 minutes shorter and made even less sense. So um, the, in a way, the shameless insertion of IP gave the story some shape, which I think is quite a damning sentence to say about a film. I didn't mind it. And you're right. Um, In fact, for me, the things that worked the most about the movie are the moments when my child brain got like an injection of candy. Yeah. You know, when things happen or a bit of music plays. The Mario bounce. The Mario bounce. uh, When Donkey Kong first shows up uh, and you you recognize the gate as as he's like running on a a platform. Um, My brain recognizes it, right? And there's a very childish part of you that's very excited. The same part that allows the kids watching it to kind of cheer. But then after that adult part of me goes, okay, but now what? We're talking today about the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, which was directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Yelenich, uh, written by Matthew Fogel. Big, big voice cast, which we'll come back and talk about, including Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen. Uh, anyways, let us know. Have you watched it yet? Um, did you watch it with a child? Did that child enjoy it? Let us know. That number to WhatsApp is 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brave Free Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. There's a huge universe out there. With a lot of galaxies. They're all counting on us. No pressure. Wahoo! BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. And today we're reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, which just came out and was directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Yelenich, written by Matthew Fogel. And before we get to the voices, which, uh, as promised, are going to be the main focus of this segment, because there's a lot to talk about, uh, I wanted to just kind of built off of that clip we just heard. So I really did not need the Super Mario Brothers to save the world. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that is the premise. I'm and not, our world. Our world, yes. yeah. Like, I, I don't think that that's what people want or remember. I, I think, you know, you're going to... So I appreciate that we're not rescuing the princess anymore, that we've moved on from that a little bit. I don't know whether... When did we hit this point where everything needs to be at peril all the time? So this is what I mean by when I said, even as a kid... I never had much investment in the idea of a Super Mario movie because what would it be about? And watching this movie and the point that you just made, 
the Super Mario game exists within a specific series of lands or worlds where there's one thing to be done. They go through a series of obstacles. Sure, if you can make an interesting story around that, fine. Does it have to be about saving the world? Why can't they just get through the quest? And it could be fun and silly and nothing much more. It's not like this movie managed any more depth anyway. Yeah, so I think that I would really like us to be able to move away from the origin story version. Uh, I would also like us to move it's away from... It's also the from superhero finding himself arc. Like, yes, it's all of that. too many tropes that are so done to death. Very done with multiverse, very done with everything. New York, always. New York <laughs> is always at risk. So, okay, that being out of the way, let's talk about the voice cast. So, um, Chris Pratt's casting as Mario whose name apparently is Mario Mario, by the way. (laughs) This will bother me to no end. Why are they both called Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, we had to Google this. Yes, and apparently their surname is... Yeah, it was officially announced that that they are Luigi Mario and Mario Mario. So anyways, so Chris Pratt's casting as Mario Mario, I think has always... (laughs) was was always a point of controversy because, well... How was he going to do it, right? Was he going to do the the big Italian accent as has been done in the past? Um, was he just going to be himself? Was he going to do something else? So let's start with Chris Pratt. What did you think of him as Mario? He was as uninspired as the rest of the movie, to be honest. Um, did he sound like Chris Pratt? Not really. Did he sound like an interesting Mario? Also not really. Yeah, so this is the thing, yeah. right? I went in fully expecting Chris Pratt to be at his comedic best. And my favourite Chris Pratt is a comedy Chris Pratt, which he no longer does for some reason. Um, but I, I've always, I've loved him. I've said this before from Parks and Rec. So I thought that we were going to get that goofball. Mm. Um, and then we didn't. And instead, we get sort of a weird like Joe Pesci knockoff, but in a kid's movie. And and it's kind of odd. And then that is also the same template for Charlie Day. So I guess for me, the question is, if you're going to get an actor who's famous anyway, then why not just let everybody do what Seth Rogen did and just do himself. So this is the thing, right? Um, So Charlie Day, for instance, has a much more distinctive voice than a Chris Pratt. But does it matter that he's doing Luigi? Not really, because he's also not allowed to be Charlie Day in the way he usually is. The only two people who do really good voice work in this film um, is one, uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, although I know that not everyone's a big fan. I thought he was actually quite hilarious. No, so the not a big fan was prior to. I think people were just like, why, why him as, as what, Donkey Kong? And I guess he's too distinct. Although his response to that was that he doesn't do voice work. Eh? And also that like Donkey Kong doesn't have a distinct personality. <laughs> just, you know, it's just barrels. <laughs> I'm not sure. So I, I thought Seth Rogen did really well, especially the, the little like throaty giggle that he has in between. I thought worked so well. Jack Black as Bowser. I love Jack Black. Was so, a Yes, I think that Jack Black hits the sweet spot that we're talking about where there are points where he's recognisably Jack Black and if you like his work, then you get the pleasure of hearing him, for instance, sing or (laughs) growl or, you know, threaten somebody and and do all those things. But the rest of the time, you also get to buy into the fact that this is just like a villain um, and a really menacing, convincingly played villain. And that to me was fun. So, yeah, overall... again feels like they're in different movies it feels like Jack Black and Keegan-Michael Key are in one movie and then 
Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Pratt and Charlie Day are in an entirely separate movie. And then Seth Rogen, another movie entirely. And then there's a little blue star that is Lumily. Yes. Oh, is that the name? That's the name. Lumily. Who is also inhabiting just a little sort of sitcom space of itself. Not even Lumali. I'm so sorry. I'm so confident. It's Lumali. Probably my favourite part of the film. Lumali is also my favourite part of the movie. Um, the sort of nihilistic suicidal <laughs> star thing um, that exists. But that, so the fact that I liked Lumali so much also bugged me um, because I I knew that she was there for us. The adults who are knee deep or like ear deep in this film and thinking, I really need to get out of here. I'm really quite done. Um, and for the kids, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would have liked it as a kid as well, but it's a step too dark, no? I don't think they I don't think it would resonate at all with kids. So you're right that I think it is for adults, but also then why? So do you think your movie is the kind of movie an adult would want to escape from? Like what is yeah. what is the insertion of this the star? <laughs> so it's so confusing. The film as a whole doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Um except that it wants to make money, which again makes me feel very annoyed and sad. Box office is eight hundred and eighty-eight point five million, made back on a budget of a hundred. So well then, it's so. I mean, this is one of those times in which we can say what we like. Uh, critics are going to say what they like, and let me just be clear that critics do not like this film. Mm. Audience reactions, though, have been quite a bit stronger, and I think that that has to do with the the age and the setting of who's going to watch this movie primarily, not for work, i.e. you and me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There might be more of these in our future. So, I started by saying it's not a bad movie, which might sound like I then, we then spent the next 20 minutes arguing that it in fact is. I still don't think it's a bad movie. I think sometimes being a nothing or a meh movie is maybe worse than being a bad movie. Yeah, I, I, I had to really work um, today for this review. Same. <laughs> um, I, I really had to think about the film in a way that I think it doesn't warrant or even really wants you to do. Um, I don't think this film is meant to be thought about. Yeah, and I think that might be the best thing to say about it. Mm. Um, we're talking today about the Super Mario Brothers movie that just came out recently. Uh, have you watched it yet? Do you plan to? If you've seen it, did you like it? Let us know. That number to WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.